0: All of Kenner's Star Wars products during the year of 1977. No toys. Tis the podcast log. Yes, log. Of the Star Wars Collector's Archive blog. Yes, log. Whenever the Star Wars Collector's Archive publishes a new blog, this podcast will log its log. contents, interview its writers, and go deeper. deep, It's the KiveCast blog log pod.
1: You, sir, are a mouthful.
0: Relax and just take life
2: easy for a little while. Because it's only last one little while. Alright, Steve.
0: Steve, who cares about Star Wars toys? <laughs>
1: Not not us, right?
0: No, no, no. no, no. I'm serious. Like, who cares when Kenner Toys was going to put something out? It's just a bunch of old toys, Steve, and we should just buy stuff and not think about it. And information should just well, – there's two options for information, Steve. We should either never get it or we should get it and then bury it in the ground and that's never think it, about it. Information must die. Exactly. thats I think we're doing this all wrong, Steve. We just need to dedicate ourselves to extinguishing information about toys and about collectibles because if we just got on here, Steve, and we just talked about the market or if we just talked about stuff that was really, really expensive, you know, people would love it. And if we came on and talked about drama and talked about, you know, I don't know, Bruce Bruce White and Phidias got into another huge fight another, on Twitter. Another – Oh man. And it got real. Phidias actually like went, he went to the wrong Carolina. He went to South Carolina instead so of North <laughs> Carolina. Went, went into the wrong tattoo parlor, ended up getting into a fight, and then falling in love with the person who was working there. It's the whole story. Got his face tattooed. You know, If we told drama and if we just talked about money, people would like it. But people don't want to talk about. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, Steve, I'm being facetious because, yeah. once again, we are here to try to promote a, an amazing piece of work that was done. To celebrate, yeah. To celebrate, celebrate this amazing piece <laughs> of work done. If if hearing me ask the question, who cares about vintage Star Wars toys, gets gets your blood going, gets your ire up, then just buckle in because I care about Star Wars toys. I care about what came out when, and I care about what was actually going on. In nineteen seventy seven, when Christmas rolled around and when there was the early bird certificate. What was Kenner actually doing? It seems as though, despite the fact there are literally thousands of people on this earth who collect <laughs> Kenner Star Wars toys, there's only one person who really cares about what Kenner was doing. And that person yes. is Ron R. A. Ron Ron Salvatore. So let's get him That's on the right. show. Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, all right well listen steve i just hit record uh, we've been talking to ron about how we're going to approach this um i was initially thinking about continuing on my character as the guy who hates star wars toys um right i, I can't yeah. it still feels like it's a good idea but ron says it's a bad idea and he's <laughs> it's usually to you. right. you're
2: you're the, the master of the podcast it's technically sky Payne's
0: podcast <laughs> <laughs> very very technically that's true with uh this week's co-host uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so so Ron, I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I'm just a big dummy who doesn't care about Star Wars toys, and I don't read the blog on the dot com.
2: And pretty much a good description of you normally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, Sky, I
1: don't know how much of this is is truly creating a character. It might just be.
0: <laughs> oh, from both sides. Ah. Oh. Anyway, so I, I just, you know, apparently you wrote some article about like uh, Christmas 1977 and everybody knows right. that Kenner was stupid and that they didn't start <laughs> making toys until too late because they weren't ready. And they were just poor planners. Poor it was just planners. Poor, poor planners. <laughs> Is that the point of your argument Ron? That Kenner was stupid? Yes, and that there was nothing really happening in Christmas 1977.
2: No, I think I used that as a springboard. Probably the fourth time I've used it as the springboard <laughs> for a blog post because that idea just sort of grates on me in general that people believe that. Um, yes,
0: it's the idea I that I heard won't it die. again.
2: I heard it again on another podcast. Um, I guess it was the oh man, what is it? The the genera- What the spinoff from the Vintage Rebellion Generation? Generation Skywalker. I was going to Luke Skywalker. Generation, Generation Skywalker. Not those guys, but someone they were interviewing or referencing brought it up again. And I think it was a person with an actual Lucasfilm connection, and was like speculating that Kenner intentionally delayed the release of the toys. It's just like, yeah, it's just kind of. A, I'm not saying I can prove that's wrong, but I, I just think that's a little bit nutty. Um, you know, the reason they didn't have toys for Christmas was because they didn't even sign on as a licensee to, like, April or March or something like that, which is obviously right before the movie came out. So that's just pretty much impossible um, to get toys to market. I mean, plastic toys, it takes about a year. So, you know, if you sign on as a licensee and say, like, let's say early April and the movie comes out in late May, um, there's no way you're going to have toys on, you know, plastic toys on store shelves by you know, November when the stuff would need to be out to, to sell for Christmas. So uh, basically no way that they would have action figures out for Christmas of 77. It just was not possible.
0: Now, now one, one thing that I, I love, you know, being the big dummy that I am who doesn't care about Star Wars toys, um, <laughs> I, I'm, still, I'm still going to hold on to this idea that Kenner just wasn't ready because it is the idea that won't die. And what I love is that this article makes reference to your article from the blog from 2014, A Common Misconception. And then that article actually makes reference to Steve Sansweet's From Concept to Screen to Collectible, where right. you got the information. So... Like before anything, we knew the truth that Kenner was totally fine, was totally competent. They just didn't have enough time because of the licensing agreement yet. What do you think it is? Why do you think people want to believe this so much, Ron?
2: Um, it's a good story, I guess. I mean, it seems I think it was controversial that they released the early bird certificate. And I, I put some quotes in there that I dug up from a, a period newspaper that speaks to that. And I think the fact that there's controversy around it and the fact that people have this awareness that the early word certificate was a controversial product, they think that the controversy is related to either incompetence on the part of Kenner or some bizarre scheme on the part of Kenner. <laughs> really, right. the controversy was related to the idea of selling a gift certificate, which in the toy industry hadn't really been done. And, and obviously, I, I put some quotes in there from a toy retailer from... New York City, like there was toy, real, there were toy real ta- retailers who objected to that whole notion, right? So it was just like that. This is garbage. We're not going to start buying gift certificates from these toy companies. Like it's, I can't believe they're even asking us to do this. Um, so I think that that vague awareness of a controversy sort of translates um, to this misconception that Kenner did something wrong in the production of the toys. When really, what they did wrong, quote unquote, wrong. Was try to sell a gift certificate, right? which kind of annoyed right. some people. Yeah, um, annoyed I, some parents, I think too.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned the the New York retailer, and uh, you, you make a, a pretty good um, connection to the to the Rankin Bass Burgermeister Meisterburger. Oh yeah, I, love and, that I kind just, of Burger I Burger just, Meister I have to say, you know, if you read the article, you'll, you'll you'll you know understand. But I think that this character, if we ever continue our vintage costume contest, someone needs to just create. This guy is like a Disneyland-style cast member of this New York yeah. <laughs> toy store owner as
0: yeah as the
2: uh, the quote the from the San it's from the San Bernardino Sun and the quote is in major centers like Chicago and New York the certificates are sold out and some stores which question the use of certificates for toys refuse to carry them we sell toys not promises said one
0: <laughs> New York toy store. <laughs>
2: Like you just kind of picture the guy. Like, I just imagine with like a cigar in his mouth. He's like, "We sell toys, not promises." <laughs> just kind of walks away. I know.
0: The the other great thing is, in hindsight, a a toy distributor being mad at Kenner and Star Wars. Like, uh, yeah, maybe you want to direct <laughs> your anger somewhere else. Your entire like your entire existence for the next. 10 years is going to be dedicated to this one company. So, yeah,
2: well, it's a good point. And I think that a lot of retailers made that calculation where it was like, well, geez, we're not going to be left out in the cold and not carry this stuff. But if you're a toy retailer and it's like, you know, the toy business was pretty ingrained, you know, it was in, you know, at that point in time, you know, the traditions and whatnot, and the, you have this big property and now this. Established toy company is asking you to to buy basically nothing, you know. It's like, and the the price they're paying is way over what it costs to produce this, you know, cardboard thing. It's just a whole new model, um, right. and it's just you probably are just like, get the heck out of here with this. Like, you start thinking too, okay, what other toy companies are going to start doing this? Right. Have to stock these gift certificates every year. Um, what what I think is great. Really
0: I think yeah. maybe Kenner is a little bit to blame with their copy. So in the in the commercial, it says you can surprise your child on Christmas morning with Star Wars fun dot dot dot. And again in February, <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. let's really not hammer yeah. home the February part. Although uh, although the funny co- part is, yeah.
2: or, or you know, the ironic thing is, is that you know, years later, what does everybody from that period remember? But everybody remembers the, the early bird set, and I mm-hmm. guess the excitement surrounding that. I've never heard someone complain about getting that and not having the figures. It's it's more of a anticipatory thing where it's like it was part of the whole experience, right? So yeah I don't think it was a bad move on Kenner's part. I think it was smart. Um and I don't think that kids were disappointed for the most part. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. I I was I was too young to really be getting Star Wars toys in Christmas seventy seven, so
0: so so that, that that ends it, Steve. We've discussed everything that has to do with Kenner <laughs> in 1977 that's all kenner did they made action figures and that's it that's all they're really known for so it's been great having you on here ron uh i can't i'm dropping in and out of this character steve i don't think it's working at all can you please help me pick should i be stupid guy or normal stupid guy
1: what let's switch back to normal stupid okay (laughs) (laughs) which is yeah no no you're appreciative of the of the content here. Yes. So yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. So don't, you don't need to put it on
0: anymore. So one thing that, that I like Ron about this is that, you know, you sort of just want the hits, which is what I'm kind of like leaning towards. Like when you see someone's written an article about early Kenner Star Wars, you really want them to deliver on some, some hot early bird action. But then you have this other stuff like the Scholastic News Explorer, which I've never seen this before. So this was what this, so Scholastic was the the company that sold, Books and toys in schools. Like, what is the Scholastic you know, News Explorer?
2: I don't know. Look, like it was like a a regular thing that probably got sent. I would guess to teachers or something mm-hmm. that they could share with kids. That would be my guess. Um, I don't know who else would be the market for. Because I think Scholastic mostly worked through schools. At least that's my memory.
1: Right. Um,
2: where you could order, they had like you could order books and whatnot. So it probably was done through schools. Um, but the, obviously, if you read the article, uh, it's geared towards kids. So I mean, maybe the idea was that the teacher would potentially read these things with kids. I don't know what the educational value of that would be, but maybe it would just be sitting around with their Highlights magazine. Right. Um,
0: yeah. Look, looking at it, I think that's someplace. it because they also include questions, right? Like they have yeah, a math and question. Yeah. They're kid focused. You're buying a gift. A game costs five dollars. The bo- see if you can answer, this, Steve. The box cover shows uh, scenes from a hit TV show. You like the show but know nothing of the game. Another game costs $5. You have played it and think it's good. Which will you buy? How will you decide? Oh, wait. That's not a math question.
2: My favorite question is, would a Star Wars watch be an in-item? in, <laughs> in quotes.
0: Yeah, so it, it's cool because it poses all these questions. This whole article is is really questioning the future of... Branded merchandise and like licensed items, and it's sort of right. like yeah. at the very beginning saying like, uh, like they say, what uh, would would a product uh, that has Star Wars on it is that better than a, a product that doesn't have the word Star Wars on it? And then <laughs> yeah, yeah, would it be more fun to That's give a Star I, Wars T-shirt or an ordinary one? Yeah. Right.
2: That's why when I, I found this, it was like I had to buy it. You know, not that I spent a lot on it or anything, but I was like, I need to, to get this thing because it's like. Gives a snapshot of early licensing, you know, early modern licensing, like how people viewed it, and it also shows some of the early Kenner products, you know, before the action figures were even a thing. Yeah. And you just don't see much that that that's related to that. So it's a cool yeah.
1: item. Yeah, it's got that yeah. the, that gift box that has like what you're saying, all all this early stuff kind of grouped together. Um,
2: yeah, it's... factors. You know, the Bradley watches, I think the lunch boxes in there. Um, it's got dip dots from Kenner and some puzzles and the board game.
0: Yeah, it's uh, so
2: it's this it, early stuff.
0: It's really awesome, Ron. This this whole thing, this whole question, like like you know how I, mean, I don't know. I guess you guys have maybe collected modern toys from time to time, but sometimes you'll see a toy store and yeah. you'll be excited and you go in there and it's what I call a lift store. Learning is fun and i just get pissed and i turn around it's like i'm not here to buy playmobile if if there isn't something in the store that has to do with a movie or tv that i like i don't want to be in a toy store you know it's like the the you can see the transition of toy stores into purely licensed things and this is right. scholastic sort of really asking these questions just in like a thousand different ways over and over again would a star wars toy be something new and yeah it is really uh yeah, yeah also, i do know yeah.
2: You know, I, I'm assuming people listening to this kind of get a, know that, but I mean, Star Wars obviously was really—I uh, mean, you could argue about first, but it was really the movie that made modern movie merchandising. So, I mean, prior to Star Wars, it was pretty rare that I think a kid went to a store and wanted a an item with a movie on it. It was just mm-hmm. that didn't really happen. Uh, Maybe a TV show or something like that or, you know, the the Chicago Bears or the sports team. But to have a movie, which are usually in and out of theaters pretty quickly, on a T-shirt or a poster or, you know, a a puzzle or something was pretty, pretty rare. So uh, it was obviously a whole new, you know, world that people were were stepping into with that.
0: Now, Steve, a calendar costs $3. It has scenes (laughs) from other countries on it. Another calendar costs four ninety five. It has pictures of your friend's favorite cartoon. Which will you buy as a gift for your friend? Name three things oh. to consider before deciding.
1: Wow, that's so yeah. This is this is trying to get into the mind of the, the young. How pathetic is consumer? it that the answer is just so
0: clear? Like the cartoon. Like our our <laughs> brains are so polluted by this post Star Wars world. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so you're you're using this as a springboard, and basically in this in this article in this Scholastic News Explorer, which refers to R two D two as a creature, which I always enjoy, um, there <laughs> there's just a picture of all these early items that were available as of Christmas nineteen seventy seven. So is that the idea, Ron? You want to just put together every single thing that was available from Kenner in Christmas seventy seven? Um, yeah, I don't
2: know. I mean, with these articles, I try to find like a through line where I can attach several different things I want to talk about Um, and I think that was maybe the genesis of it I was like well it'd be cool to just do an article about the the Kenner products from 1977 you know what was released in 77 what would you what could you have gotten for Christmas you know from Kenner Uh, and then that kind of tied in with some other things I thought about you know you know basically the the early marketing uh, of the line with the store displays because another topic I wanted to talk about so um, but yeah, that was kind of the, the genesis of it—the uh, the 77 products from Kenner, which I don't—I think more including collectors realize that. But I think there's a lot of collectors who don't even realize that there was a, a finite, you know, a very small number of items that were re- that were available in the holiday season of, of 77 uh, before the action figures even hit. Uh, it's just not something that I see talked about that much.
1: Yeah.
0: And sort of chief among them, you have here the Escape from Death Star game, which uh, I've never played. Have you ever played it, Steve?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't.
0: Have you, Ron? No, of course I've never played that game. <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you know. I play it while I
2: watch The Mandalorian over and over again.
0: <laughs>
2: I love that little Ugnaught.
0: Uh, What's I, the, uh, his, the hey, what was Ron. the Ugnot's uh, name, Ron, in the movie in the uh, Middle Uh
2: His name is Nolty. <laughs>
0: yes, that's right, Nolty the Ugnot. Um,
2: Nolty from right. Tusk from Tusk from Nolty.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There you go. Um, yeah, so that that board game that was the first board game I think Kennard ever developed, and I've never played it, but I, I want to say this goes back to Steve Sansweet's book from concept to screen to collectible that um. It wasn't that great, you know. Like they, it was their first try, uh, and that was actually their life. Their agreement, you know, the, their contract with um, Fox or Lucasfilm or whatever it was, only required that they produce the board game. So if Star Wars had bombed, they would have just made that game and gotten out, right? So really? that would have been the, the end one of it. Item they were required to
0: make. That's wow, sad. isn't that so funny to think about? A, a, like a different universe where you're just right. rumbling around in a Goodwill, and you're like, what's Star Wars?" Oh, is that that movie that came, out, uh, uh, that came out like before, I don't know, Clash of the Titans became the biggest movie of all time? Yeah, I guess so.
2: <laughs> well, that, and all that's we have actually, is a lame board game. That's it. Yeah. I mean, to understand how that worked, all you had to do was look at some of the other, like after they did Star Wars, they picked up, Kenner got like the licensing bug. Well, I guess really it probably came off of Six Million Dollar Man, but Star Wars really sent it into overdrive, where they just kind of took chances on licenses, and like, I've kind of been meaning to write that article, although it's not a Star Wars-centric article. You know, like Man from Atlantis, you know, they, they they you know picked it up and they produced some things and then that didn't do that well, so they spun those items off into other toys, um, or like the car. Have you ever seen the movie The Car? I think... James no. Brolin is in it, and it's like almost Christine, Stephen King's Christine before Christine. Oh,
0: and weird. It's about this murderous car. I think it's I great. have seen that. Wait, isn't there like a famous <laughs> director attached to it somehow? Like, wasn't um, it the DP or something someone famous? I don't famous? remember
2: who directed it, It, but it's like the this car, it has like possessed by demons or something, and it, it runs people over, and it's just called The Car, the movie. It's a big black <laughs> car. So for some reason, Kenner has a li- got the license to that, and they produced... <laughs> I think it's a game called The Car, right? <laughs> and if you watch the commercial, we'll have to dig up the commercial. There's like a jingle in the commercial, and it's just this really ominous voice. Just just goes, here comes the car. <laughs> and it just says that over and over again in the commercial. Obviously, the movie didn't go anywhere, so it was just like, that's whatever. We made a car game, but... I mean, if the car had been a huge hit i wouldn't be surprised it would have made so a bunch of other car product. <laughs> all
1: um, based around vehicular manslaughter just like
2: <laughs> exactly and then um you know butch and sundance the early years was another movie the the butch cassidy and sundance kids sequel and that bombed and so they spun it off into the real west right um, just to get rid of the stink of the the, the movie name <laughs> made it a generic west line Um, and some of that got recycled into indiana jones right so right um but you know that that happens you know star wars yeah you know if they only were required to make a board game they're not kenner's not stupid they're not in the business of losing money like they just would have never made anything else and they probably just would (laughs) have dropped the whole thing um but you know they sign on to the license a month later it turns out the movie's a giant success and it's like oh geez and then they just go into overdrive developing all these different products so, now, yeah. now
0: speaking that's of overdrive worked. i've done a little bit of research here do you know when the car released oh geez 70 78 may 13th
2: 1977,
0: 1977. <laughs> that's that's not a great part. release date for your movie oh man uh in Vincent Canby's review, he said it, quote, has all the ingredients of a parody, although someone has made the mistake of doing it straight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's worth seeing. It's a, it's a funny movie. Just it's weird, but it's like totally ripped off by Stephen King for Christine.
0: It's just really? the same
2: okay. idea. Here comes the car. Like I think I saw that movie. Like long, I knew that Kenner had made that toy, and I'd seen the commercial. And I remember joking about it, probably with Chris Jerghulius, about the goofy jingle and everything. And I'm watching the movie, and it just suddenly occurs to me, I'm like, the car. Like this is what Ken... This is a like that Kenner thing is licensed. I didn't even realize that was like tied to a movie, but it it, it is. It's such a weird thing that oh, they would have even picked up that license. And of course. They ended up getting Alien, which is an even more weird license for toys, and that didn't really go well. And I think after that, you started to see them step away a little bit from some of the, the random movie stuff. And like a lot of toy companies, they moved into cartoons and stuff.
0: But that, uh, that does help me to...
2: more viable in a lot of that ways. That helps
0: me understand why they did Alien in the first place, because that that always seemed like such an odd thing. But if you put it in the context mm-hmm. of the Butch Sundance and the car, here comes... The, I never heard <laughs> the it, car. but I like, here comes the car.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's Here Comes... You're going to watch it, and it'll be a little bit different, and you'll be like, he was wrong. And it's been years, but it's something like that. It's just a funny jingle. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of licenses. Like, Man from Atlantis was a TV show, but regardless, it they jumped on that hoping it probably be a 6 million dollar man thing and it, it didn't go anywhere and you know alien and even Ra- the raiders of the lost ark or the adventures of indiana jones kind of never went anywhere so yeah. a lot of those mm. post star wars movie things or t- even tv things just were not that successful for them
0: okay so so they made they made the escape from death star game which which could have been just the escape from star wars yeah. <laughs> game basically <laughs> the contractual obligation <laughs> game all right, right, <laughs> and and then you also go into puzzles. Now we we have talked from time to time about the puzzles, Steve. If uh, if you'd like, you go back to one of our previous blog log pods for, for yeah
1: further the reading and listening. There there's yes there's a lot Both of content there. Bradley
2: talking
0: about right. the yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we have the the painting sets and I didn't know there's more than one painting set I don't are we okay you have to tell us Ron are we ever going to do an entire episode about Kenner painting sets or can, is this the time where we get to talk about them
2: um I was planning an article on just painting sets in general, and then the guys at Generation Skywalker did a blog post on painting sets that was good, and I was like, well, that kind of stole my thunder on that one. (laughs) Um, So I would encourage you to to seek that out. Um, Those guys did a pretty good article. Um, Kenner had the license though early on, Um, and so they made dip dots, which was like a a watercolor thing, and then Plaints which is also a watercolor thing, but larger and just a little bit different. Um, I think the paints were a little bit more like normal paints like acrylic type. things from dip dots yeah
1: okay.
2: um and they made those and then the license for like p- paintable poster sets spun off to their sister company Craftmaster um almost right away like almost the next year i think it's 78 and so Craftmaster produced the the uh, the poster sets after this right um i
1: so i really, wonder uh, i was going to ask you know in terms of i know it, there were what, like 16 images for the dip dots and then five for the larger set. I wonder um, if any of those were as weird as some of the early coloring book art just because it was so early on. I haven't actually seen aside from, maybe um,
2: they're, I think they're way less crude. Um, okay. And I think, yeah, I don't know who did them, but they're more professional looking than I think the Canadian ones. Uh, <laughs> okay. Especially the plates, which are really nice. And yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to discuss in that article, which I probably won't do now, is um, that uh, most people don't know that there was a second edition of Plaints, and there's actually, you know, the artwork is out there. You know, I have a piece. I have a piece that wasn't made. Hmm. Um, so I think, you know, had Kenner not handed the license off to Craftmaster, I think there would have been a second Plaints edition, probably in 78, 79, maybe holiday season 78. Um, but that was canceled. So, uh that's an interesting thing that I don't think most people know about. But those are both pretty cool items, and you just, they don't come up that much. Uh, I would, you know, I, I really like the weird early stuff, and so I mean, if if I was a collector, those are two things that I would I would try to nab if I didn't already have them: is the plants yeah. and the dip dots.
0: Yeah, and also that's that's also good too. The the Generation Skywalker site we've never actually uh pumped it here Steve I, I don't know I guess we just don't pay enough attention to stuff but that's another good place with another good blog and lots of good information too so um yeah, you know we definitely. need to spread around this whatever kind of meager attention comes to this the you know your guys blog should also go to you know go there as well
2: Yeah no I don't uh, those guys did a pretty good um roll up of all that stuff so check it out when you get a chance
0: All right then you also include so many cool things here like the like the order forms uh, which you know are, are pretty makes it very clear how little stuff there was, the certificate, yeah. the, the board game, the puzzles, the dip dots, and the poster set. Uh, just very few things that you could possibly have. Yeah, you don't you don't
2: see many of those order forms, um, but that's the original, you know, form that would have gone to a retailer to, to select whose or her Star Wars purchases, you know, in you know fall of '77. So I mean, it's a pretty neat item. As well as the, I think I have the letter in here too, right? It's like the introductory introductory letter. Yeah. Like, Dear toy buyer, the hottest movie to come along within the millennium is Star Wars. Well, that's <laughs> another really neat item.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, it's great. Sorry, I was I was reading along the letter. I was like, wait, I can't read quietly on the show. Uh, and then and then you you then just have a whole explosion of stuff about displays. And, and store displays and this whole kind of thing. And I I do really like this, Ron, that you, you do so much. You have so much, um like, there's so much breadth to this whole article where you go to so many different areas that uh, unless you're interested in toys, it's really interesting, right? But everything around the toys is great. I mean, like, just like the figures. So, right. So, yeah, well, I, I try to
2: do, like I said, with these articles, sometimes I, even my collecting, I just, I mostly just collect the Kenner stuff, right? So I just try to thread together these things so i always like oh here's the toy but then it's fun to have like a developmental item and then i like to sort of piece together all the advertising and marketing and it it, it's i think it's always interesting to tie that stuff together in a blog post you know i mean i just like to see that you know like okay here's the toys we discussed and then here's like an early newspaper ad showing these these items at children's palace you know yeah Um, I, no, the, for whatever the reason context, maybe i'm just weird yeah. but i like stuff like that
1: well yeah. no i mean there's there's some stuff in here i i definitely had not seen before that i, I figured yeah we'll we'll touch on but yeah i mean the, the context of like those those store photos where you see some of these items you're talking about there as they were used that that's the kind of stuff that really interests me And I, I, just because yeah. you don't you don't get to see that very often so I, if anything uh, else it, like you
2: know Placing it all together into like a narrative, I think, you know, I, that's kind of what I like about collecting in general or just, you know, even outside of toy collecting it's just kind of like how objects can make, be brought together to kind of tell a story about something. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what interests me about collecting and writing about collecting too in a lot of ways.
0: And and this, this article uh, does it as well, as well as anything you've done. I definitely like how you emphasize the different writing that's on the display, so maybe we can move into the displays. So th- so yeah. theoretically, the first Kenner display would be one that just says Star Wars is here. Is that right, Ron?
2: Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an sh- interesting question. Uh, I don't know what the first, I would say, is. Um, You know, in this article, I approached it that... That Star Wars is here motif was like an early motif, and it shows up on the early bird display, at least the pole display, and a couple of other things. Um, but I, which came out first, I don't know. And I kind of mentioned this in the article, too. There's also a chance that, you know, aside from the early bird stuff, which had to be out in 77, like uh, it's possible the Star Wars is here thing didn't come out until early 78. I don't know if there's a way to prove that uh you know I included an early internal Kenner photo showing the Star Wars is here dump I guess you could call it um and it's stocked with with explicitly 77 product
1: right right
2: kind of what I've used is like this is why I think that I do think these came out in 77 but there's not really a way to prove that right so I guess the only things that really had to be released in 77 were the early bird pieces because that was when that thing was being sold. But uh, my sense is that the Star Wars is here display, which is intended to circle like a product dumped, dump, the toy galaxy, which kind of went with that. Um, now, you,
0: your terminology is confusing me. That those... <laughs> what do you mean by product dump?
2: It's like a... That Star Wars is here thing is like a—it's
0: like a cylinder. It's like a big it's a drum wrap.
2: it goes around a—that goes yeah. around a wire thing that you put product inside. And
0: that's called right? a dump.
2: Yeah, it's like a. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the terminology you hear for like something that it's like a bin in a store.
1: Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it's called a dump. But this is an unusual one because it also has a pole in it. Yeah. You know, and then it has shelving assembled around it. It's yeah. very yeah. ungainly. Um, and apparently. <laughs> Yeah, apparently it was a Play-Doh display that they were repurposing for. I think, okay. I know it says on that instruction sheet. Yeah. But uh, if that wasn't released in '77, it had to have been released in I would say early '78, and I think it was intended to be released in '77. I think that was the idea, right? So, but it's hard to prove. Um, but the idea, the whole Star Wars is here campaign, I think the whole idea there is to make people aware that you know after a couple of months, here's the first Star Wars product, right? And that would have been in, in, you know, holiday in the fall of 77. Uh, So this is kind of like, this is just kind of like a review of what I would say were those early displays.
0: Now, uh, Steve, I I know that you don't, you edit other people's stuff and you don't edit Ron's and I still don't know the password for the blog. So I'm no editor (laughs) for the blog, but we got to get, we got to get Ronnie baby out of his own head. Baby, you got to roll with this. This was late '77. There's no question about it. We, the public doesn't want to read this. Yeah. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. You get a good story, you run with it. You know, someone came up with the whole <laughs> Kenner wasn't ready, and that's still with us. You are like, you are like nine tenths of the way there on yeah. this. Well,
2: fortunately, we don't have, we don't work for some BS media organization, so we can be <laughs> fairly open with uh, <laughs> <laughs> doubts about things. But yeah, I think you know, I put that in there, like. I'm gonna. I'm framing it this way because that's the way it suits the article. But you know, whether that stuff hit in in actual late '77, I mean, it's probably not possible to prove right now. Um, it could have hit in early '78. But yeah, I would say this is though is the suite of early display product like that came that was intended to hit when they early product. Yeah. And
0: this, this huge yeah. unwieldy dump, it's just a gigantic unwieldy dump on the floor tower. With all of these, <laughs> like with the like a, escape like from St- Skywalker, <laughs> the puzzles, the dip dots. It's just, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I just worry that if you took out one of those puzzles, the whole thing would come <laughs> crashing down.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. But the cool yeah. thing about that photo is that it's all the early product, yeah. right? Right. All right. The, except, except for planes, which doesn't really fit. Right. And I do have, I didn't use it in the article, but I do have an early, um, a drawing of that same display, and that does show planes in it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like a, an artist rendering. Yeah, Um, But the photo doesn't show it because I think they had probably had a hard time fitting it it in there.
0: And I, Mm -hmm. I think we could think about it as Star Wars is here is the 77 thinking and Star Wars Toy Galaxy is the 78 thinking because like Star Wars is here announces that when the grandmother walks into the store and has to find something, she doesn't. Care if it's a dip dot or it's a toy. So she just goes, "Oh, it says right. Star Wars," and then Toy Galaxy. You can transition into that and say, "Here's where the actual toys are going to go," because the dip dot is not a toy, no matter what those guys say on Generation Skywalker. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's just not a toy. So it it's cool because it it seems like they're hybrid displays where they're kind of getting ready it's for true. this transition. Yeah,
2: I mean. Toy Galaxy was the slogan they used for the 78 product line and later mm. on it became Toy Center in 1979 so that's that right. the truth to that but that, yeah. I think there's ample evidence that the Toy Galaxy sign was developed along with the Star Wars is here sign and the, and there's some early like concept renderings and stuff that I think kind of yeah. show that that I included in the blog Yeah but um, this is
1: some of my favorite stuff in this is, is these concept renderings of this stuff so like you you show an image of uh, the in-store promotional kit, um, which, right. which has has some of those factors, large character standees, which...
2: Yeah, uh, I love that because it just ties it all together. And it's like, yeah. when I saw that, at the, there was at some point some question of whether the, what those factors, the Kenner-branded factor standees... You know, for people who don't know, factors made these life-size standees of the droids and then Chewie and Darth Vader, right? And right. they were... Consumer items, um, but very rarely one turns up with a Kenner logo on it. And the, and the the idea there is that you know we were told years ago by Kenner folks that yeah we rebranded those things and used them as store displays. Um, but it's like okay, how do you prove that? Well, when I saw this painting or a, a reproduction of a painting, it immediately sort of tied it together to me. I'm like okay, there's there's these two standy items. It's like those have to be the factor standies, and it's got the Star Wars is here, you know, what we call the the the, uh, the wrapping for the dump and the toy galaxy on there. I know what those are, and it's in this in-store promotional kit. So here's a, a plan that Kenner had to send these standees out with these Kenner displays as early display items. And I'm like, wow, that just ties everything together. But then there's like some rectangular objects in here that are just graphical in nature.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's like I could never – for a while, I was like, I don't know what those are. <laughs> are those supposed to be carded figures? I don't know what those are. But then, yeah, well, it turns out, yes, but you know, years ago, I think it was Pete Vilmer maybe had a Factors poster that also had that same Kenner sticker on it, right? the same sticker right. that's on the Dandies. And that was like, Bing, ding, ding, like, oh, that's got – that's what those are. Those are four Kenner – those are four Factors posters with Kenner stickers on them. Mm-hmm. And so then I spent years trying to find a Factors poster with a Kenner sticker because I knew it had to be out there because I'd seen one, yeah. and it, it, it was in this image. And you know, sure enough, finally I found one, and I included the photo in here for the first time. I think there's only – that I've ever heard of, like two of those that I've ever – ever heard yeah, that's, of right but see that this is the bombshell
0: awesome. in the middle of this whole thing and if you've stuck with with my horse hockey then this is your reward this you know when when you talked about or when you revealed to the world the existence of the kenner factor displays with the kenner sticker like that was amazing and now we have like totally unheard of the like the sort of cheesy factor posters with a kenner right. blue kenner sticker in the bottom corner and it, that does appear to be exactly what's shown in this presentation, this internal Kenner presentation as well. Like it just yep. all ties together. And how many factors yeah. posters were there? There was the yeah, – going to be there's Vader making the, you know, um, the goofy thing. There's the droids. There's the Hildebrand. Yeah, i have
2: to see which ones came out first in 77. Off the top of my head, I don't know, but – it could be there are four different ones, and that's why there's four different ones shown mm-hmm. in this Kenner painting. Um, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. There's yeah, a, th- yeah. It depends on what was released in '77. You have to look at the earliest wave to determine it. And I'm, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. There are certainly the Hildebrandt one. I think there's a Vader one. I think there's a Luke one. Right? Is there a Leia one? I, yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. Get yeah there's the Leia one I'm...
0: where she's making that that kind of sassy face. Well, Ye- that's what I'm. Yeah, gonna I don't mean know
2: mean if that's you. like. 78 release you know it's mm-hmm. off the top of my head i'm not sure what the early factors releases are but even yeah. then like there was four factors standees and they all show up with kenner logos but in the right. image there's only the droid so how accurate it is or maybe the droids specifically were in this promotional kit and the other two weren't because they're larger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um hard to say without you know hard to draw too much conclusion from this but also you know hard to deny too much either
1: um, yeah i mean so. you have a that in-store photo was it fo- uh from foley's where you see a yeah. l- all of these pieces kind of you know they're you they're all utilized the thing, in some way
2: yeah it's crazy all the all the star wars is here cut up into panels the yep. toy galaxy um the two droids and then you can see there's a fact there's a there's that must be one of the early factors posters The yeah. droids, right the painting yeah. of the droids and you can see the sticker in the lower That's corner right, right, right. right yeah, corner. yeah yeah Wild. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's, oh my god, this ties it all together. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I mean, pe- people talk yeah, about like, love stuff like, like being, you know, finds in the wild and stuff. It's like, oh wow, did you find <laughs> a, a twenty back snaggle tooth and did you buy it off some grandma for a hundred bucks? Like, okay, yeah, that's interesting, but this is like real. This is real archaeology. This is awesome. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I love stuff like that. When you can find, like, or catalogs. That's one of the reasons I love catalogs. You just find yeah. old catalogs, and it's sort of like nails. Like, okay, this is what was released in this year. Here it is in the catalog. Yeah. Um, or here's a photo, and you can kind of go back, and you can, this is, you know, this year, and it shows all these items <laughs> together. Like, that's just is like a great collecting. That, that's the kind of stuff I like about collecting. And and just yeah. to
0: go back to this image again, so this is the internal Kenner presentation from the summer of 1977. It has these four posters, but it's clear that they were not in contact with factors about what the posters factors. would look like, because these are right. like first of all we have like Luke and yeah. Leia in front of like some kind of half-assed Mondrian painting. That's, uh,
1: that's kind of like I think that was a po- or a, a puzzle image, wasn't it? Them on the like about to swing across the the gantry. Yeah, but it's, it's totally like stylized. That... And then it's, and it's then c 3 P O and R two
0: D two again stylized with this cool background. Han and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not acting. Yeah, Han and Chewie look like they're in the <laughs> um, the the yellow submarine, and then and then right. we have Darth Vader, the Macquarie image of Darth Vader mm, yes, attacking. It's the image. Uh, no, no, of a stormtrooper attacking Luke, right? That's the pose of the stormtrooper with the lightsaber right. attacking Luke, right. but instead Isn't it Vader it's and Vader, in the and I'm pretty sure it's not. Instead, it's Vader attacking Obi Wan.
2: Yeah, it's bizarre. Right.
0: Well, one second. Yeah, they're not accurate, but
2: I'm confident that those yeah. are the posters. I think that either they didn't know, maybe they weren't aware of what exactly the images were, or the guy painting this just didn't really give a crap, you know, about how accurate yeah. it was. But okay. yeah, they're not right. accurate. To what what the posters actually look like?
0: Yes, you're definitely right, Steve. It is Macquarie the Vader with that that very strong, uh, like, uh, line with it across. But he's actually right. he's actually. Going off against Luke here, right, as opposed to against Obi Wan. Right. And in this, yeah, toy thing, it's this very dynamic, something we never got in the movie, an interesting fight between Vader and Obi Wan, <laughs> and and we have it here. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. So so this this takes then, if you consider yourself to be a Kenner Star Wars poster, a Star Wars poster collector, you now have mm-hmm. four extremely difficult thing variations to track down. I think if you're a yeah. Star Wars uh, um, display collector, I think your collection's not complete without the Factor's displays. You know, like this is just a lot of really cool, very hard to find stuff.
1: Yeah, I you know I also really like just as a secondary piece of evidence for the the Factor standees that other rendering of the of the two droid standees with that crazy huge like black, black backdrop with with the shelving oh, and all yeah. that. I, I did anything like that. Actually get produced, I and I don't think, think I've so. ever seen any any display oh, area that's quite as yeah this almost looks like a like so. a trade show or something you know more than a it like, looks a, kind toy of like store. a
2: trade show I don't know if it's intended to be that um, right but it's interesting like I wrote this here in the that it the graphics for both the toy galaxy and the Star Wars is here are present there it's almost like they split yeah. those into two mm-hmm. different displays so i I would guess that that's before they came up with the the two different displays, or mm-hmm. something. But you know, Todd Chamberlain had that image, and he was kind enough to to let me use it. And yeah, that's uh, kind of ties in. Awesome. But yeah, there's nothing like that was really made, as far as I know. I mean, there there was some big, you know, placards used to demonstrate displays at Toy Fair, but they don't really look like that. And I think this yeah, was, I think that was the later year. Um, but yeah, I, I want to say this is an early concept for some sort of in-store, like branded corner. And at some point, they decided it was more practical to break that into two smaller displays to send out to people. Um, That
0: would be my guess. Wow. Hey, y'all. It's Sky here. I'm editing the show. I'm almost done. And it's funny because after I hit stop when I was recording – Ron was like, is this going to be up soon or is this going to be out like, uh, you know, within a month? And at that point, I was super confident it would be done, you know, like within the week. So I'm like, yeah, it'll be done within the week. I didn't realize it was like spring break for my kids and I was super busy and I had to do all this grading. So it's taken me like three weeks to to edit this episode. But the good news is this, in that time, on the Deal or No Deal uh, webpage on, uh, on Facebook, the Chris Jorgulius put up for sale some of these exact items, some of these pictures of the early displays with the factors items. So I'm going to tell you about it, and it'll be kind of a market watch as well. Okay, so he posted these on February 21st, and he listed them as early Kenner 8x10 marketing display photos original prints. So on the one hand, you have the one that we discussed uh, in some depth with R2 and C-3PO and the four posters that are presumably representing the four factors posters that would get uh, that would get the Kenner stickers. Then there's the one that Steve likes so much with R2-D2 and C-3PO on either side of the display stands, uh, the display cases, which we just discussed. But then there's one which Ron did not discuss, which I've never seen, and which makes me very excited. It has this kid standing in front of the four factor displays that had the kenner stickers so the chewbacca r2d2 c3po and darth vader right these things which ron explained were some of the earliest store displays where they simply took a factors display and put a kenner sticker on it so you see this kid holding up like a kenner lightsaber fighting against the darth vader uh, you know, the Darth Vader standee, the kind of standard early Darth Vader image with him having his diagonal lightsaber. And then another kid, like with his arm on top of uh, R2-D2. And it's a very charming like image of sort of like imagining what these standees might look like in the store. How kids might interact with them, presumably how they might sell them. So I am now going to take you through the process of the bidding. Initially it was 200 and then i posted on there saying well you better you better bid these up cuz the value is going to go up after the next Kivecast. it then went to 400 450 500 550 600 650 and finally the final bid went 750 dollars to one of the absolute kings of sto- of toy displays and just general uh general collecting will grief. So it's cool. I actually, uh, I messaged Ron. I was like, Hey, what'd you think of those prices? He said, yeah, it makes sense around $200 is, is, is what people, you know, is what he thinks each of these sheets is worth. I think will got a deal. I think you put these in a frame and they're amazing items. I sort of regret not going higher. But I don't know. It's not Chewbacca enough. So anyways, there you go. It's cool because there's another thing which wasn't mentioned in the article which came out in this and we get to see what they're worth uh, today. All right. Back to the show. Just to set you up here, I'm going to be talking about this photo of the department store Foley's and you can see a lot of these uh, factors, posters and factors, store displays, Uh displayed the way that they were shown in those photos, or at least close to them. And it's an amazing image. If you haven't seen it, look at the enhanced version or find it on the blog. Dear God, it's it's the coolest image of a store in the vintage era ever. So take a look at it. All right, back to the talk. It, yeah, it, it must sense. have been pretty cool. I mean, this this thing from Foley's seems as close as we can get to Christmas 77. I mean, there are Star Wars toys there that were made after. But I think I think it is irresponsible not to assume that this was made for christmas 77 and they just kept it up because who would want to do a whole new thing like this is a time capsule right for christmas 77 and they just took out the stupid dip dots and put in the do backs you know right uh, yeah.
2: well a lot of this a lot of those displays definitely hung Stuck around, around right because i have yeah. access to like a whole archive of store photos and you'll see Displays released in like 1980, and they're still around in 82. You know, sometimes yeah. they're, they're beat up, or that somebody takes them off the rack and puts them on the wall or something. But um, displays were used back then quite a, for quite a while. Um, yeah,
1: it was just well, Star Wars was just always around, so I guess it right. Makes sense. Yeah,
2: it was always on store shelves, so you know why not?
0: Wow, and then you then you close huh. it all up in a nice kind of circular way with the uh, with the display uh, for the. Uh, early bird certificate, which we talked about at length in some episode with Will Grief uh, and Todd Chamberlain. That's right. Um, yeah. God, Steve. Do you have any oh, idea yeah. when we recorded that? That's a great story. It was around a celebration, I
1: feel like, not long after. Cause I feel like it was at one of those Orlando celebrations where they they told the story about finding it. So, it, yeah, I mean, it was years no, ago.
0: Well, no, they, 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 ago. they mentioned that this thing existed and that no one had it. And um, someone, that, during the right. celebration, someone raised, raised their hand, hand right? and said, we've already got one. That's
2: right. That's right.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a great story. I remember being, sitting in the back of the room and being like, jeez, God, golly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was fortunate to, to get one a few years ago. Um, and it's really one of my favorite items. Uh, super rare. There's probably only five or so, four or five around. Uh, but yeah, I... I Funny story. When I bought this from this guy, you know, you know I offered a lot of money. I told the guy I'd give him cash, and there was some other stuff involved too. And you know, Brock Walker helped me out. <laughs> <by it>. Brock <laughs> Walker met this guy with like a I, I, maybe it wasn't a brown bag, but I assumed he met him with like a brown lunch bag full of like hundreds. <laughs> <He> <laughs> called me. He's like, we did the deal in the back of the car, and he just handed these guys <laughs> Huge bag full of like, tens of thousands of dollars worth. Brock had cash. the
1: backpack. He his famous backpack
2: <laughs> full of cash. Uh, I just remember that day uh, texting him, and being like, Did you "Do the deal, do the deal, do the deal." <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, he helped me out with that. But I finally got one. Um, great piece, and you don't see one around. And that also has the Star Wars this here verbiage, right? So yeah. some people are familiar with the the bin for the early bird. Thing you know the early bird envelopes go in the bin. This was more of a, I don't know. I guess more of a, a centerpiece, like, like a bigger eye-catching display that you would have seen when you walked into a store um, for the early bird package. And it's really just one of the coolest Kenner displays. So.
1: Well, yeah, instead in of the, the
2: black, you get that really bright red that, that you don't yeah, see. Yeah, absolutely, it's really cool. Awesome. And it kind of folds up like a pizza box. <laughs> right. It's interesting. Huh pretty fragile that's
0: another thing yeah gee steve it's kind of like i learned something in this episode maybe kennard <laughs> did know what they were doing maybe these are just interesting times and instead of just mindlessly looking for sets of figures with the same grade from some arbitrary grading company i should spend more time thinking about the toys that i love to collect <laughs> you've I, learned your I lesson have.
2: all right we, we... <laughs> And you can see, like, at the the accreditations at the bottom of the article there. I, think, I already mentioned Todd helped us out with some photos, and then also the mysterious Eddie. I asked Eddie, I'm like, how do you want to be credited as a thank you for providing some photos? And he's like, there's only one Eddie in this hobby, hobby bro. Just say Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: Eddie. Well, what happened to Fluffy? <laughs> so
2: thanks to Eddie. <laughs> I think he's retiring it, because there's only one Eddie, so.
1: Fluffy's dead. Fluffy's dead. Eddie survives. <laughs>
0: Eddie Eternal
2: uh, Yeah he, he helped out with some photos there, so including the store photo of Foley's so that was a, an Eddie
0: contribution. Wow.
2: Yeah.
0: Well very, very cool. Wow Ron. Well thank you for uh for enlightening us all and you know, continue on in this whole great series about, about what was actually going on in the early days of Kenner. Because as I said in the intro, I think yeah. we're the only person yeah, paying
2: attention. Yeah, got to talk about the Burgermeister, Meister. Yeah. <laughs> Meister, Burger, Burger Meister whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I might have to just,
1: you know, conjure up some kind of costume to represent that guy. <laughs> <laughs> With the t-shirt that just says we make, we, we sell toys, not promises.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's true as uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> well... I appreciate you guys having us on. Us on. What am I? I'm starting to sound like a queen or something. Um, having us, uh, having me on here to talk about this. Um, you know, always fun.
1: Yeah, it was over overdue. So yeah. thanks, thanks yeah. again.
0: Hey Steve, we, we don't do <laughs> outros on these.
1: Nah.